Hey, everybody. This is Clay Cunningham with the Buff Coat and Beaver podcast. Big thanks for tuning into our first episode here, and hopefully we have enough uh, pizzazz to keep you coming back for future shows. Uh, One quick thing before we get started. You may notice in this and a few other early installments of the show, we make reference to a sort of introductory teaser episode that you've never heard, and the reason you haven't heard it is because it sucked. And to avoid starting off on an embarrassing note, we decided to just scrap it and jump in with this discussion of our favorite episodes, which I think is far more interesting than some dumb generic, well, this is why I like Mavis and Butthead is a funny show type crap. So, um, yeah, that's all for uh, this intro now. Um, and now back to our regularly scheduled program. Well, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff, Code, and Beaver. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Buff Code and Beaver. I'm Adam Kurtz, along with Clay Cunningham. This is a Beavis and Butthead podcast where we dive deeper into various episodes and uh, we go with themes on those episodes. So, I'm going to, Clay, what are we talking about uh, this week as I toss it over to you? All right, Adam. And uh, yes, I would say, no, this is the definitive Beavis and Butthead podcast. Throw that out there recording our first official episode because then it, it, lifts, it makes, creates a pressure that we have to come up to. But by gum, I think we are up to the task. But really, what better way to start than to talk about our favorite episodes? We've each hand chosen one. And, but there's also like an, a, a sort of an aside theme here. We've kind of chosen to spotlight what I would say definitely my favorite supporting character on the show. I'm going to guess yours too, based on It's just, uh, we're really, I think, going to be singing the praises of Tom Anderson more than anything when this is done. But um, yeah, let's, okay, let's, let's get into it. Adam, you have chosen as your favorite episode pool toys a little background on that one pool toys aired on april 21st 1994 it was the 14th episode of season four it was written by christopher brown uh series co-creator or series creator mike judge and don london it was also directed by mike judge the imdb synopsis is beavis and butthead are hired by tom anderson to pave the cement foundation of for his swimming pool. So I'll kick it over to you, Adam. Why is it that you believe Pool Toys is the best episode of Beavis and Butthead? I, um, I just really enjoy this, as you mentioned. There are a lot of good supporting characters on Beavis and Butthead. But Mr. Anderson, I think probably because of our love of King of the Hill, there's just a natural um, gravity that Mr. Anderson has that pulls us in. But... Um, I enjoy it because it has all of the elements. Mr. Anderson is oblivious. So initially he, he doesn't recognize Beavis and Butthead because they're wearing glasses. <laughs> you know, um, the simple fact that uh, he refers to them by the wrong name for the millionth time, which we got our podcast name from Buff Code Beaver here. Yes, um, yes. a big shout out to, uh, what was his name? Darn it, I wrote it down. Uh, Ernest Fritz Hollings, who, yes, delivered the, I don't know you call them a buff coat and beaver or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, and we've got to acknowledge it, it's the most pervasive of parents all children see. Uh, we got this 
was it buff coat and beaver or beaver and something else that they had i haven't seen it i don't watch it but whatever it is it was at seven o'clock buff coat and beaver at the uh at the violence and televisions hearings of 1993 which mike judge brilliantly turned into time what what a what a perfect vessel for that line to have tom anderson deliver that into the world of beavis and butthead yes absolutely um and you know I, I just, I, first of all, I want to talk about Mr. Anderson's vetting pro process for these giant projects. Like, a pool is just so expensive to, to, to put in your backyard. You know, it's like 40 grand to do that. And you just hire two guys that you, grade A, you know, prime USDA uh, workhorses here in Beavis and Butthead. But uh, he's really, his betting process is just so bad. And it's just, it's fantastic. What is, I mean, yeah, because there is a scene at the bar. Well, I've heard, yeah, yeah, like, like the process was like, he, he literally like leaves them with these bags of cement, even says, oh, what was the line? Like, don't show a man what to do, like tell him what to do and let him surprise you with his ingenuity. Yes, he learned then, in the like, service. And then he goes to the bar, and yeah, you talk about he brags about, oh, I got these two grade A workers. What was he basing that on? That they had thick glasses? <laughs> He's literally just like talking them up. I, and, and the, and it, not to cycle too far ahead, but at the end, just butthead being, uh, just remember when Anderson gets back, we're those other guys. <laughs> So like, I guess they just came and beat them up and trapped them in cement. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Anderson's, uh, his vetting process needs some help, which is no surprise. Um, I, you know, something I really took away from this one that made me dive deeper into it is um, not only, you know, just their classic, they want to get into Mr. Anderson's shed and, and just tear up stuff and not do the job as usual. There's a, there's a bunch of episodes like that. Yes. But the mention of uh, Killdozer, so, you know, they, for people that haven't seen I'm sure you've seen it if you're listening to this, but to Killdozer, so they've got the, the bulldozer there where they're going to push the bags of cement that Butthead has chopped in half with a bush hog. But I had never seen the movie Killdozer, so it made me, it. It, it was a made-for-TV movie back in 1974. We don't know anything for a fact. Clint Walker, except that bulldozer kills. Carl Betts, two men dead. The survivors watch an unmanned bulldozer continue its rampage. Killdozer. Then based off a novella from 1944. And believe it or not, it's just about, a, it's about a meteorite. And if I'm getting too far off topic here, Clay, let me know. But it's about a meteorite that uh, lands in Africa and then hundreds of years go by, and uh, contractors go over to make an airstrip for uh, an oil company to come and start drilling. So somehow they unearth this meteorite and possess this bulldozer, and it kills all the, all the crew except for one. It is as lame as it sounds like i i skimmed that's, through the movie way more backstory that i would have ever conceived for a story a movie called killdozer <laughs> yes and like the bulldozer moves at like maybe five miles an hour 
but um, <laughs> just run out of the way. But there's a guy who gets into a tube and then the, like instead of just running away, it gets into a tube and it crushes him. No matter what, I, I feel like Beavis and Butthead really would have found that to be a very lame movie. But the reference, you know, made me dive deeper and, and see what Killdozer was. And in a weird <laughs> twist, Beavis and Butthead and Killdozer both exist in the Marvel Universe as well. Marvel did a Killdozer comic, and Beavis <laughs> and Butthead have also been featured in a comic uh, released from Marvel. So I get that uh, crossover on the big screen. What's his name? Kevin Feige? Is Feige? Is it Feige or Fake? I, I, don't I, know. Think, it's, I think it's Feige. But either way, like, I, I, I mean, this is, I mean, eventually I'm sure he'll listen to this because this podcast is going to be huge. Bring that to the big screen. Yes, I, that, I think that's at least in the phase four or five of the Marvel superhero movies. Move it up. <laughs> Move it up. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. But yeah, that, I think in a larger standpoint, this is what makes me enjoy Beavis and Butthead. Um, because there are references um, like that, that if you just look a little deeper into, you can find out fun stuff. Um, and it's just such an obscure reference to a made-for-TV movie from 1974 for Beavis to uh, whip out there. Um, though I will uh, pull the nerd car on, the physics are a little iffy, too, when the bulldozer goes into the pool and gets out, <laughs> but, you know, we'll let it pass. Damn, uh, you're the, this physicist mind of yours, Adam. You always got to nitpick all this entertainment that we love. Yeah, but, I, I, uh, I, I apologize but, for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, because it literally, yeah, they they get it stuck in the pool. Butthead gets it out, lifts up Mr. Anderson's tool shed, and then backs it. Why does he back it back in? He's trying to save Butthead. Oh, excuse me, save Beavis. Beavis is stuck, and he tries to save. I, I do love, yeah, just the, the subtle, uh, I'm out, and then uh, I'm back. I, I always love those little little subtle Butthead vocal touches, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, of course, Mr. Anderson uh, left to go get things at the um, home home improvement labyrinth, which, um, you know, <laughs> the, the megalo home labyrinth. So um, I enjoy the, um, the guy, the customer service uh, guy who helps Mr. Anderson is also the gas station clerk yeah. as well. So uh, you see him uh, many a time that... He told Mr. Anderson a couple hours uh, that went by <laughs> where they were. But, uh, yes, he, he's lost the whole child, yeah. So he actually doesn't make it home to, to see the carnage. Um, we just see Beavis and Butthead stuck in the, in the cement. But I just enjoy, uh, you know, Mr. Anderson. It, it's just a classic. It's a classic Beavis and Butthead uh, with Mr. Anderson. And, uh, yeah, I, I, for me, the buff coat and beaver line, is great um and there's some other stuff but uh the disguise it just all of it is really just uh it uh, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside very nostalgic for that episode and i like to mention too like i i don't know like how many what kind of rules most stores have i just found it hysterical that anderson got not only did he get stuck in the store all night and nobody came for him they towed his car <laughs> they actually had like a siren police car come in and take it out of there but um yeah, I like this episode. Um, uh, one thing I did notice, 
you know, the tool shed has a lock on it. Is this in any way foreshadowing to Beavis and Butthead do America? Because I know we've talked about this. One of my favorite recurring gags of that movie is Anderson asking Beavis and Butthead if they're the kids who have been whacking off in his tool shed. Every time I hear the tool shed, I think of that. So yeah, and, and yeah, really too. any tool shed in general. Stephanie and I built the tool shed here um, not too long ago, uh, my wife. And that line comes to mind even just in my own backyard. So, <laughs> And there's also the, because Anderson says he's going to turn his pool shed into a, a great pool cabana. He said, but then, of course, I'm going to have to put my tools somewhere. And Beavis says, yeah, me too. So <laughs> I think that definitely seems like a, a subtle hint at something happened. And um, yeah, one question I have, uh, where is Anderson's wife during all this? <laughs> it's not quiet. Like they break in, they destroy his golf clubs. I mean, I mean they, they destroy the tool shed and they get stuck in a huge block of cement and at nowhere, she's nowhere to be found. <laughs> I, I think this is where... Um the correlation between Beavis and Butthead and the Three Stooges exists. There are questions you simply should not ask and you shouldn't be upset that there is no answer or, you know, there yeah. might be an answer you don't like. You just let it go. And uh, uh, additional question, Adam, can you name Tom Anderson's wife? Can you say, what is Tom Anderson's wife's name? I'll, I'll Peggy give you, Hill. well, it, it, she certainly resembles Peggy Hill. I'll give you like five minutes. Cause I remember asking myself this the other day. And I couldn't think of it right away. And I, I gave myself a little bit. And in the shower, it came to me. So I'll, I'll give you. By, by the end of this segment, I'll, I'll okay. let you chew okay. on it. But um, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, the actual episode. Uh, there's also, you know, the music video aspect to discuss. The music videos featured in this one are, Why Is It, parentheses, Funk Dat by, I want to say, Saget, S-A-G-A-T. Not Bob Saget, unfortunately, but um, a rapper with a similar name. Uh, and there's A-E-I-O-U, Sometimes Why by Ebenozen, and High Pro Glow by Anthrax. And Adam, I'm going to say outright, I will be stunned if we don't have the same favorite moment from this music video segment. Uh, it's... Um... I will back up a second and say, like, the music videos are such an important part as, as far as the funniness of an episode. I thought these uh, three videos were great as far as adding to the episode. Um, but yes, I, I will mention the, what I found the funniest is in, in Funk That, it was the uh, Andy Rooney impression. They said Mickey Rooney <laughs> in that for 16 <laughs> minutes. But yeah. uh, it, yes, it was an Andy Rooney impression that was just fantastic. And, you know, I think this is one of those impressions i don't think we should even try so we've got the audio let's just let's play it for the folks at home this is beavis impersonating 60 minutes or as butthead called it 16 minutes stallworth uh andy rune even i get andy and mickey confused but uh yeah here, here here's the uh, the best segment of the videos here why is it they should get this guy on that 16 Minutes show instead of that old Mickey Rooney dude they got. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Check this out, buddy. You know what I don't understand? Why is it that every time I pick my nose, it's full again in a few minutes? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> he 
sound just like that butt munch. Yeah, yeah, check this out, too. How come they call it taking a dump and not leaving a dump? I mean, after all, you're not really taking it anywhere. <laughs> Funk that. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, and just... I don't know how much of this is, like, consistent, but I know Mike Judge pretty much made most of these up on the spot. And just... just I just want to imagine just that running through his brain like a bolt of lightning. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, um, that's where, you know, back to, to our uh, pop culture, their, their knowledge of pop culture, their idiocy in general, but, you know, they have the idiot savantness to know <laughs> to have all this knowledge during these videos is great. And the, the mystery science theater aspect, but I think what separates that uh, from mystery science and just like making fun of the videos and uh, is earlier in the funk that they can kind of air their grievances towards each other as well, where, you know, uh, <laughs> Butthead was asking, why is it that every 15 seconds Beavis is messing with his balls? <laughs> funk that, you know, and they <laughs> went back and forth where these videos give them a chance to kind of air grievances or just hear one, one another out. And um, in the last video, uh, what was the last video again of that, Clay? I'm sorry, you had another. High Pro Glow by Anthrax. Oh, yeah, so they're going nuts over this Anthrax video, and it's um, pro-military pro style is what they gained from it. But mm -hmm. it was um, – it was uh, – I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought then. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll come back. But anyway, I, I'm actually going to save that for years. It was, um, when, when did the AEIOU uh, play? That's where I was going with this. My notes were different from what I said, so. Okay. Um, so that was the second video, the, uh, the vow. AEIOU was second, yeah, high pro global. Okay, so in that video, that's, this is where I was going. Sorry for the, the delay. We're uh, back on track. So Butthead was mentioning uh, that he he sometimes listens in school, you know. Yeah. And Beavis asked him if he still was into chicks then. <laughs> they're just so they're just so uh, wrong in those ways in their thinking. Like it's just so over the top all the time. So yeah, that was just a great line as well. And that's, yeah, kind of like go back occasionally, like it, it's funny, but occasionally, like if you dissect it, like with the criticism, because I think this comes to, because this is Mike Judge, you think to yourself, that's, that's too smart for Beavis and Butthead. I think the funk dat is like, I think just toes that line. I mean, maybe it, you wouldn't expect that they would have an idea what 60 minutes is, but to do like a satire and talk about, picking your nose and taking a dump. I mean, that, that's right in their wheelhouse. <laughs> yes. that, that, that's one of the best videos I, I can remember seeing from this show. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And that, that adds to my love of this episode as well. So As, as, it, as it should, but um, I think we're good. So oh, I'm going to ask you to transition and let's talk about my favorite episode. And Clay, uh, your favorite episode is Mr. Anderson's Balls. Correct. That aired on uh, July 11th, 1994. It was the 24th episode of season four, written by 
Christopher Brown, Mike Judge, and Bo Weinberg, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. The IMDb synopsis, Beavis and Butthead harass Mr. Anderson at the golf course. So, Clay, take it away. Yeah, this one is, I mean, it just simply, I think there are certain episodes I can be more analytical about. This is, to me, is without question the funniest episode of the series, and it has so much, so many elements of this show that I just love. Um, Really what kind of kicks in, like, specifically, what happens is they harass Mr. Anderson at the golf course by stealing, like, hiding out where he's shooting and stealing his balls because uh, at one point they overhear, like, they're just hovering around this guy giving a golf lesson and the guy offers them a dollar for like three golf balls. So that's where they get the idea is just let's steal all of Mr. Anderson's and then just sell them to, to get rich $1 at a time, Beavis and Butthead style. It's, um, but I love, I mean, it's got, I, I love, what I love about this show is they always just exist in this world where just perfect forms of innuendo are always around them. They're always walking into conversations that can be met somehow related to sex or masturbation. And we get a great one here with the aforementioned golf lesson. Uh, the instructor is talking with a guy, he's giving a lesson while Beavis and Butter just dicking around at the ball washer. And it, he says to him, you're pulling your head on every stroke. Let me see your bag. And that's, that's one of those dumb lines. I think you're either gonna hear it and just be like, oh, bother. You know, just roll your eyes at how stupid it is. Or you're going to say, that's really stupid, but damn it if it's not really funny. And I think that kind of, when you laugh at something that dumb, like your guard kind of comes down and like sort of any intellectual barriers you might have get pushed aside. And in this instance, it makes you perfect, like a perfect target for literally five seconds after that, the same guy (laughs) goes, here, take your wood and try using a different grip on the shaft. (laughs) so so dumb it's so stupid and so very funny and it's kind of I don't even know like this something that kind of went through my mind this time around I don't know if this was intentional and this almost might sound pretentious in a way it almost like is Beavis and Butthead kind of like in a way a deconstruction of 90s sitcoms or not just sitcoms of the era because all of them generally, you know, you have all these funny scenarios and the situation stops dead because, you know, an audience is delivering canned laughter. You don't have this here, but you often have stuff stop just so Beavis and Butthead can laugh at it. Yes. <laughs> I like that take. And, uh, you know, I was going to mention that if you didn't hear that joke, if you didn't hear, um, if you were just not maybe paying attention, they have a different tone of laughter when they hear mm-hmm. an innuendo. Yeah. Uh, so, like, <laughs> that's, that's what I picked up on, is they're picking up on it. And so there's that pause for them to laugh, because they are picking up on it. And just that little octave shift, or the, little, the speed of which they laugh, um, changes. And that little subtlety, though, is maybe what you're speaking to. But, yes, I, I enjoy it, one way yeah. or another. It almost gives, yeah, Beavis almost has a psychotic reaction. Just like him pumping at that golf, 
at the ball washer just hearing that <laughs> take your wood and try using a different grip on the shaft. I like Great. the uh, the uh, the gentleman who came up to him, his name was Dusty, which we found out later in the episode, yeah. which I just enjoy random, like, that guy's name is Dusty. You know what I mean? That's, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I golf maybe two or three times a year, not enough. And Happy Gilmore references get thrown around all the time, and I'm really upset that this episode, even from the start of Titliest, like, I... <laughs> I, I wish I, I will remember, but not, many as, not as many people will get it. But That's why we're doing fun. this show, Adam, to That's change right. people's minds, change lives, change minds. And um, kind of like sort of building on that, I love, we get, it's very small, but we get such like a perfect like, display of what their dynamic is and how things change, like when it's altered even slightly. Because it's after the guy gives them a dollar for the three golf balls butthead has a realization of we need to get more balls which you know obviously there's very clear sort of innuendo there and butthead doesn't catch what he says beavis chuckles a little bit and he's like looking at him he's like okay are you gonna acknowledge that and then he doesn't and then he comes back with it you, you should have heard what you said butthead <laughs> he said, we need to get more balls <laughs> and then he just was like oh yeah because <laughs> it's literally because butthead is firmly the leader he is the one who hears this and reacts you, you can almost it almost feels like beavis is literally deferring this to him just like we need to get more balls you, okay well here I, I, i'm gonna come in and correct this wrong it's so small but this show knows its characters and that it, it, it just makes it all the funnier I, i'm glad you said that because i had i'd written something something down too um when they're hiding behind a tree waiting to snag one of Mr. Anderson's balls, Butthead goes out to retrieve it. Beavis follows. There's no reason for Beavis to follow him, but he still walks out, and then they both walk back behind the tree. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, there's only one ball to be picked up, but for this <laughs> yeah. Butthead is the leader, and Beavis does follow there. So, yeah. yeah. And one, and this, I know we talked, you talked a little bit about just, you know, them kind of being idiot savants with like pop culture and, you know, just being able to pick stuff up. I also love within the realm of the show, like separate from the videos, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call them functionally illiterate. Like, like there's, there's literally an episode where Beavis fails an eye test simply because he can't read. So it, <laughs> and nothing school-based sticks with them. But they are capable of retaining information, I, I know, like really in two instances. Like one, if they think it's going to help them score. Or two, if it really helps them antagonize people that they've already kind of been messing with. You know, a perfect episode to reference is one called Patsies, which I know we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. But basically the plot is Beavis and Butthead are under the, they're, they're put under the wing of this group called the positive acting teens. And there's always like, you know, everybody's got to be positive. You know, like they just really pound the word positive into their head. And by the end of the episode, uh, the leader of that group gets knocked unconscious and Butthead steals his wallet. So, and then it leads to an interrogation. He's like, Butthead, do you know where my wallet is? Like, no, sir. I'm positive I don't. <laughs> kind of just, just needling them. 
kind of way. And we get a smaller, but I think just as funny one at the end of this episode. It's literally the last line of the episode. Um, it builds at one point Anderson, you know, who's been kind of following them around. He's just like, I know I sound like a broken record, but have you seen a golf ball? And then they tell him no and laugh at him. And he's like, ah, another two-stroke penalty. I'm almost out of balls. These things ain't getting any cheaper, neither. And that's the last, and, and the episode ends with Beavis and Butthead selling all the balls they stole from him in the parking lot. And Anderson, you know, picks it up and he's kind of like hip to it. And he's like, are these, uh, I, I think he kind of knows he's theirs, but he can't prove anything. He's like, oh, a dollar each, huh? And then the last line of the episode, Butthead just goes, these things ain't getting any cheaper. <laughs> just, and there's just that little twist of the knife too. Like you can, like his voice doesn't change much, but he's mocking him. He's absolutely twisting the knife because he just tortured this guy that he's been torturing his whole life. And he has this opportunity to just, you know, twist that knife a little bit. I love it. You know, uh, to connect the two episodes, Clay, um, in the, uh, in the shed, the golf bag, good continuity, same blue bag, was mm -hmm. used to whack some of the cement into the hole in, yeah. in, uh, in the pool toys. So, yes, I, I totally agree with the um, butthead no, knew what was going on there, too, as well. So, um, two great episodes. Yeah, and um, I'll close. This is my, my final point, and this is, like, nothing to contain, but – you know the line I love. I'm just going to, like, I don't, I, I, I like impersonating Anderson, but I, this line, this is, this is one of my favorite lines in the history of scripted television. So I think this is going to be another one where we should just play the clip. And uh, this is Mr. Anderson delivering my favorite line of, this, of the episode. What do you say there, Tom? How'd you hit him? Boy, I tell you what, Dusty, I felt like a one-legged cat trying to bury turds on a frozen pond out there today. And I still got three holes to go. <laughs> I felt like a one-legged cat trying to bury turds <laughs> on a frozen pond. Just, that, that had to be a line that the writers heard at some point. Just, where, just in your estimation, Adam, where does that line come from? You know, I, I think that comes from, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I think Mike Judge said at once that Mr. Anderson was a culmination of every single old guy you know, uh, that he came across in Texas. And that's, those phrases in general, you know, get get thrown around as something like, uh, that's just a mishmash, or they creatively thought of, here's something that's phrased that way, how can we make it ludicrous? Or maybe they really did hear it from somebody before, so. I will say, I'm on Urban Dictionary, and they do have a listing for a phrase Busier than a cat trying to bury a turd on a frozen pond. But so I guess, see, I, I, I don't know about you. I grew up in a very staunch, busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah, there you we, go. We didn't let that phrase in, but I, like the frozen, that's just, it's so good. <laughs> I, I can't even calculate how many times I've listened to it. It's still funny to me. <laughs> just, and that, that, that is... This was very close with another episode, but that, that's the line that really put it over the top of my favorite. I was a little jealous that you uh, picked Mr. Anderson's balls. It's a great episode. Nice job. Well, thank you. 
and there's music videos in this one though as well. Um, Rocks by Primal Scream. It's uh, Bull in the Heather by Sonic Youth. And A Drug Against War by KMFDM. Yeah. And um, nothing, nothing here as good as the uh, Beavis Andy Rooney impression, which that definitely would have been hard to top. But I, 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 of these three, I certainly had a preference for the, uh, the KMFDM video, which is really just like a seizure-inducing nightmare. It's just, it's an animated industrial German metal video. And if you know anything about that genre, I think you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I kind of can guess what I, what's in store for me. But I always like one thing I like, because you know, the show eventually was barred from using the line fire, fire, because of claims that I don't believe were ever substantiated that, that it was responsible for a kid burning his house down. But they always found sort of like creative ways to like use Beavis's still doing that same in uh, voice inflection, but with other words. And like we get one of those here where we see like a naked woman with big breasts and a guy running his hand up, and you just go, yeah, higher, higher, higher. It's just I think knowing the backstory always kind of made me enjoy those sort of moments. And this one also, there this happens every so often. Like Beavis and Butthead can just be kind of funny using insults, but there's any time they try to tell a joke, it's just <laughs> it's just an embarrassment. And we get this one here because yeah, we talked about like the woman with no head and the big breasts, and uh, Butthead comes comes in with um, so you know it's like that joke. What does the perfect woman look like? And Beavis says uh, I don't know. And then Butthead is uh, I don't know. She's like you know probably pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you brought that up. I wrote that down. I, even their attempts to be like misogynistic are thwarted by their horniness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just. <laughs> and I, I mean, did he? There's no. You deliver that punchline. I, I, he didn't know what the actual punchline is. <laughs> he just, yeah, just got lost in his thoughts. But and, still, like uh, the headless woman jogged something loose that he may have heard from Todd or you know whoever he yeah. heard it from the yeah. misogynistic people that he idolizes but he wasn't <laughs> smart enough to retain all of it but his horniness triumphs there yeah ab absolutely um, I did like uh there was a, a butt sighting in the uh rocks by primal scream Beavis got very excited about a nude butt which, Even and then led to a debate of whether or not it actually was a nude butt. Which, what side I, are you on there, Adam? Did you? I, you know, there were a lot of nude butts in there. I, I, I think it was. I, I'm with the. Uh, I wasn't butthead saying there were a lot of nude butts, but uh, I thought the butt sighting was notable. Sure, absolutely. Um, and that's. I mean, yeah, I, that that's. I, I feel like I made a strong case. Do so you have any any other additional points you want to make about Mr. Anderson's balls? Nope, I, you summed it up well, and uh, you hit the exact points I was going to on the music video, so. It, uh, yeah, and I think we were kind of at the end. I think normally what we're going to do is use this time to kind of discuss which of the episodes we discussed was better. Doesn't really seem to be a point this time around since we've specifically cited that these are our favorite episodes. So I think it just kind of, you know, we hit it on uh, the beginning that as much as anything, this is a Mr. Anderson appreciation episode. 
he's uh, one of my all-time favorite supporting characters on a show. I feel like he's just, in your mind, w- what makes him so compelling to watch? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, like, I, there's definitely the connection to King of the Hill. The way he speaks with the plots and, the, you know, just the, the drawl um, in general. I enjoy how chubby he is on this series as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, like the points we hit earlier, just his, his constant uh, not knowing who he's talking to. You know, he, he, he never recognizes Beavis and Butthead, but he always trashes them. He always he knows who <laughs> Beavis and Butthead are, and he hates them, but he never recognizes them. So um, I... I really do, uh, I enjoy him for that and just him, him constantly wanting to get things accomplished and being thwarted uh, by, by people he hates but he never yeah. recognizes. And, and then they just literally, I mean, so, so, you know, jaded that, yeah, literally the second he thinks he sees somebody else, just like, yeah, these boys are just grade A American hard workers. And it's fun. This is a line uh, from a very good documentary called Taint of Greatness, which is a three-part documentary, which I believe was an extra feature on the Mike Judge collection DVDs, but they also, they have it on YouTube. And this was a line from uh, Christopher Brown, who uh, was, uh, he, well, he was a, a writer on both of these episodes. And I know a very prominent writer on the show, just kind of talking about why it's so fun to see Anderson get jabbed. The line was, uh, after a few negative encounters with a character like this, you start to almost relish jabbing him a little bit. <laughs> that's kind of, that, that's a fun sort of anarchic spirit that's really part of this show that just, I think, makes it, yeah, just, it just makes it kind of fun to watch these two lunkheads just torment everybody around him. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, <laughs> I, I, that's very well put, very well put. And... Uh, well, that is, that's, we are the end of our first official episode, I think. Um, I'm going to say, I, if, if this isn't the number one podcast in America by year's end, we failed. Agreed? Uh, yes. I okay. Totally- All right. All right. Good start. Um, but, um, well, I'll, I'll point out, we, we kind of teased the last time in our introduction that we were going to set up email and social media and all that stuff. And, uh, you ha- we have ways to be contacted if you uh, feel so compli- feel so inclined. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Buffcoat and Beaver Pod. You can also contact us by electronic mail at Buffcoat and Beaver Pod at gmail.com. And um, yeah, I, I, I would enjoy interacting with people to know just their thoughts. If you have thoughts or maybe episodes you want to hear us talk about, just anything. We're, we're happy to talk to anybody about Beavis and Butthead. Do we end it by saying this sucked? <laughs> um, it might have. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hear back. Um, Was this cool? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's either, it, it's one of the two. But, um, and if it did suck, you know, we're only going to get better, right? And I think uh, we're definitely going to get better with our next episode. This is one we've talked about in depth. It's going to be kind of funny, but also kind of painful to explore. The next time around, we're going to discuss two episodes that I think highlight 
how unfortunately comparable our lives are to Beavis and Butthead and how much our personalities are to Beavis and Butthead. Not I've already done the deep dive and it's, uh, it's, it's depressing, but I think it's going to be pretty funny to explore. All right. So, well, that's going to suck. This is pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Clay. All, All right. right. We'll see you next time. time.